Happy New Year, folks. Welcome to the new year. As always, I'm Josh Kirby, and this is the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. We have a great episode for you on tap this week, so stay tuned. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All righty, folks. Welcome inside episode 20 of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. As always, before we begin, we would like to thank our sponsors, Rat 11 Chips. Make sure you find them in stores at your local Giant, Food Lion, and Martin stores. Make sure you check out their new Salt and pepper chips, they're really good. So getting right into it here, starting off the show, we will be having the NFL regular season. It has come to a close. We will have the full playoff picture and much more from that. Black Monday as well, the coaches that have been eliminated from their head coaching position. And the college football national championship and some other bowl games. And that's all coming your way, starting right now. CJ, hit me with those Week 17 scores. So to finish off the NFL regular season, we have the Patriots knocking out the Jets 38-3. to The Bears clinching the number three spot in the playoffs over the Vikings 24-10. to The Steelers, unfortunately not making the playoffs, but taking the last win home against the Bengals 16-13. to The Eagles dominating the Redskins. 24 to nothing. Oh, man. The Buffalo Bills winning 42 to 17 over the Dolphins. The Lions shutting out the Packers 31 to nothing. The Texans clinching the number three seed in the AFC, winning 20 to three over the Jaguars. The Panthers shockingly beating the Saints 33 to 14. The Cowboys winning by one point. What the hell over the Giants, 36 to 35. That was a good game. The Falcons beating the Buccaneers, 34 to 32. The Ravens beating the Browns, 26 to 24. The Chiefs, not shockingly, beating the Raiders, 35 to 3. The Chargers beating the Broncos, 23 to 9. The Rams beating the 49ers, 48 to 32. The Seahawks beating the twi- beating the Cardinals, 27 to 24. And for the sixth seed in the AFC playoff picture, the Colts clinch over the Titans 33-17. to That is your Week 17 wrap-up, Josh. It's sad that there is no longer going to be NFL Sunday ticket on coming, oh, this man. Se- <laughs> coming this Sunday. Yep. So before we begin, I forgot to ask you, how was your New Year's, boys? Uh, it was pretty normal. normal. <laughs> Didn't really do much. Went yeah. to bed at probably 11 o'clock. Oh, I'm what, getting old. What a loser. <laughs> loser. Come on. Old. You got to stay up till the ball drop at least. But we're, we're going to start our show off with um, Patrick. Your Eagles beat the Redskins. I, I know you have a lot to say about that as we pass the mic over to Pistol Pat. Um, in all honesty, Josh, are you really shocked? No. I mean, let's be honest. No, th- um, what happened, I was on vacation, and 
the first play of the game. I want. I I was I wanted to watch the first drive of the game. I watched the first play of the game, and I was like, "That's all I need to see." And enjoyed the rest of my vacation. And you know, like the yardage was terrible. Like the Redskins yeah, with under, only eighty-two yards. Saying, under a hundred yards. Oh my now, gosh! Now you ran into an Eagles team that's on on a run recently, especially now that their backs are against the wall. Now, can it continue in Chicago? I mean, I, I don't feel like anybody wants to see the Eagles right now because we got Foles fever again. But we're going to go play a very good Chicago team in Chicago, which is always a very, very hard place to play, especially in January when it's cold. But the Eagles also play in Philadelphia. But before so. we get to that, we just got to talk about how much of a joke the Redskins put up in a performance. <laughs> We really have to. Uh, the game, every time I would change back to the game from watching the Browns versus Ravens game, because that was the best game to watch. That was a great game this weekend. But every time I would turn it back, the Eagles would have the ball. Yeah, every the time, time of possession. Just, the Redskins had 16 minutes, 11 seconds. 16 minutes. <laughs> total time of possession. That's the difference between your Eagles and the Redskins is that when you guys played Dallas, you guys only had the ball for 16 minutes and you took them to overtime. The Redskins, when they played you guys, they had the ball for 16 minutes and got shut out. That's the difference between your your two teams right now. But what I want to say, though, is that why is Jay Gruden still have a job at this (laughs) moment now after the performance? Not even just that. The Eagles fans traveling – to Washington. I saw more green than burgundy out there in the sands. I absolutely did. That was such a disgrace. I mean... I know it's not that far, but why are there 70% Eagle fans there over Redskin fans? But Because I, I feel like the fan followings just diminish because of how poorly the Redskins organization is. And I, I saw a report on Twitter that the Redskins were in meetings, but I guess that didn't mean anything because we didn't do anything. I don't I don't find it Jay Gruden's fault. I really don't. Um, there was a stat during the game that showed uh, just how many players they had on IR the past two seasons. Yeah, the twenty-seven and twenty-four, both highest in the NFL. What's he supposed to do? And you guys still finish seven and nine. Like you guys still finish with a slightly under five hundred record. And with how banged up you guys were, that's really not that bad. Because when you guys were healthy, you guys were playoff contenders. Like, people really thought that you guys had a shot. Adrian Peterson was on a roll when your offensive line was eh, somewhat consistent. Alex Smith was being Alex Smith, consistent, not dangerous. And your defense was fine. So, I, I, Jay Gruden getting fired would have been just another mess. Just... I find it more of management than than coaching at this point because just all the decisions that you're making, it, I, I don't know. It's just hard to be a fan be, because of administration. Yeah, I, I could go into long detail about that, but I, I mean, some of the play calls for that Gruden calls, I do ha- tend to disagree with, yes. but... I mean, it's just a bad situation, and in my opinion, if, I mean, with all the injuries, is it really the coach's fault? Okay, uh, I'll I'll back Patrick up on this a little bit, which leads us into the next topic, though, but the Eagles 
were able to overcome that injury bug and probably the most important part on a team, which is your defensive secondary. The Eagles, like I said on the last podcast, they have Burton Ernie back in the freaking secondary back there. And so the Eagles, when you look at the difference between coaching on the Eagles compared to the Redskins, Jay Gruden, yeah, you had a lot of injuries. So did the freaking Eagles. They lost both their starting cornerbacks. They lost also Roddy McLeod, who I've talked with my brother, is the difference maker in your secondary. Malcolm Jenkins is a great player, but McLeod, he's everywhere. He's a youngster. You lost Hicks for a lot of the season as well, and you lost Barnett. The ceiling victory play in the Super Bowl was made by him. And so I'm saying is you have all these players on the Eagles getting injured, and you also have them on the Redskins. Now, of course, it's a different story with you guys because your offensive line my goodness, I, I don't know anybody but Trent Williams on your offensive line right now for the Redskins. <laughs> but do the Eagles look like a dangerous team going into this playoffs into the playoffs right now? Hell yeah, they do. I'd be scared if I was Chicago. I really would. Bruised ribs? Nah. Nick Foles doesn't have bruised ribs. He doesn't have bruised ribs. He may have they may have taken him out of the <laughs> what Nick Foles. <laughs> He was that close to earning an extra $1 million. He had to play yes. 33% of his snaps, he and he 30. went out with that rib injury. He played 32%. He also was one completion short of the NFL record for consecutive completions in a game. And that game, the Redskins put up against the Eagles. The amount of records that, excuse me, the Eagles, they're a dangerous team hanging into this playoffs. I would be scared of Chicago. I really would. I really would because Mitchell Trubisky, you're, you're, you're a new quarterback. And your Bears, I don't know if Eddie Jackson is going to play. That is going to be a huge thing for the Bears defense if you don't have Eddie Jackson. And also for me, Nick Foles, let's not forget, man, he's good in the playoffs. He just is. Against Atlanta last year and Minnesota, he knows how to get it done. So – I think the Eagles at Chicago, you got to be scared right now. You really should. You can't just go into this game and say they're the sixth seed. They got in by luck and chance. No. Guess what? They are, and they're coming for you. They really are. They don't. They ain't got nothing to lose because their franchise quarterback is hurt. They're hurting their secondary. They're hurt all over the field, and they're still making the playoffs. What does that tell you? Well, I, I sort of agree with you. Yeah, they're a dangerous team, but their path to the Super Bowl, it's on the road. You got the Bears. My Steelers did it. it what says that they can't? Well, I, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, anything can happen, yeah. but I'm just saying it's going to be a tough road because you have the Bears in the wild card. You have either the Saints. Yep, both. Probably the Saints and the Rams. And yeah, so the Eagles, they're play calling. They just need to step up, keep their foot on the gas pedal, and I think this team could possibly make a run. I think we can make a run. Now, at the same time, I don't know if the coach is just coming out of me or what, but eventually you just got to be realistic. When, what team do you not match up well against? I feel like we match up well against Chicago, sure. I feel like our offensive lines played really consistent the past couple of weeks because we finally got a run game going. And that's where the Bears' front seven is their strongest. Their secondary is pretty good. 
Um, they're great at forcing interceptions, but Nick Foles doesn't force the ball, which is a plus. Um, and our front seven is better than their offensive line. And Mitchell Trubisky, and we're going to force them to throw the ball. And that's where Mitchell Trubisky is. He's never I, – I, I still to this day do not believe that he is capable yet of putting the game on his shoulders. He has two stallions in the backfield, Cohen and Howard. He doesn't have to have that game on his shoulders. He hasn't had to do that all year. And I feel like the Eagles are going to force him to do that. Now, if we had to, if we win and we go play New Orleans, <laughs> that's another story. So the road is very, very tough, and we're still banged up, let's be honest. So it, it all comes down to matchups. And it just sucks that we had to figure it out too late. And now our road to the playoffs is th- through one of the toughest NFCs we've seen in – I don't know, a decade that we've seen. So it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Okay, but my last thought before we move on to the next segment. The thing is, though, here, Patrick, is that here's the thing is about when you guys played New Orleans in the regular season. That was during their hot streak. And since then, the Saints, they've fallen off a lot, actually. They really have. They've struggled in these games towards the end of the season. They lost to the Panthers. They beat the Steelers by three points. And then they also lost to the Dallas Cowboys. That's bad, people. Okay? So, I'm saying that when you guys played them, they were during their hot streak. Hey, it is possible. Because it happened to the Steelers back in 2005. The number one seed in the AFC at the time was the Indianapolis Colts. We lost 32-7 to against them in the regular season. And it was during their hot streak. And guess who we had to play in the second round of the playoffs? You had to go to Indianapolis. And we shocked them. Missed field goal at the end of the game. I'm saying it's possible. But I'm also saying that, hey, down the stretch, Doug Peterson can figure it out. He can. Definitely. He can figure it out. I agree 100% with that. He'll figure it out. But let's go ahead and move on to the other team that you're going to be playing – the Bears beat the Vikings 24-10. to And for all you Redskins fans out there, I bet you're happy about this and you're saying, hey, thank you for taking Kirk Cousins because $84 million down the drain? Yeah, I say so. Mm, I still yeah. haven't been a fan of him yet, Josh. Him and Adam Thielen were bickering back and forth or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get to watch that much of the game. I watched, like, part of it. Bits and pieces, you know, I was on vacation at the time. But anyways, like, Kirk Cousins, I saw a video on Twitter, and it was like him showing Adam Thielen how to run a route or something. And then the person who quoted it said, the Vikings paid $84 million for a wide receiver coach. And that that was a funny tweet, but, yeah. Like, when when... Have you all seen Kirk Cousins win a big game he against hasn't. a good team? He hasn't. Yeah. When he was with He's the worth million. when he was with the Redskins, you know we saw him twice a year. Being an Eagles fan, and you watched him every week. So, and, and you, I felt like the Redskins made a bad decision with who they brought in, and I felt like the. The Vikings maybe took a little step forward. Excuse in me. Case, in terms of Chase Keenum, yes. a little bit more stability. However, 
he's not worth $84 million. He's not. He's a younger Alex Smith. That's who Kirk Cousins is. Good stats, good completions percentage. Doesn't turn over the ball a whole lot. But can you rely on him to win a game? Can you rely on him to be a really big difference maker and playmaker? Like, you have to be in the playoffs. You have to. Because teams are going to take shots. You have one shot to beat somebody. You don't have seven games like in the MLB or or NBA. You have one. And if you are conservative, like you are against Chicago, when you don't make the right plays, like you do against Chicago, and you have your entire career, a team that is willing to take shots, and if they hit on those shots, you are in big trouble. You are in big trouble because if you don't take your chances and take your shots, then are you really even going to be successful if you're not willing to take shots? I'm not saying that you're going to capitalize on them, but he's just another Alex Smith, and that's why he got kicked out of Kansas City. Great year, great stats. No, we won Pat Mahomes. Because he's a gunslinger. Because you have the talent to do that. It's the same thing. It's the same thing in Minnesota. You have Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. What's the words right out of my mouth? (laughs) What's the problem? You have talent at receiver, and you still and at tight end and at running back, and you still don't take shots. You are still conservative, and that and that's why you'll miss the playoffs if you continue down this road. And that's why DeFilippo got fired. You have all this talent. You have a quarterback that should be able to do all that. That's why you paid him. What's the problem? Why can't you do that? That's why Pat Mahomes is more successful than Alex Smith. That's why they didn't fold. Because it's hard to predict somebody that's willing to take chances. Yeah, and it's, I mean, $84 million, I think that's a little too much. And at this point, I don't think it's worth it. And... There's got to be a way. Uh, I mean, the Vikings, they, they got to put a game plan in place, in my opinion, to get Kirk Cousins to be successful. And like Patrick said, conservative isn't going to do it. So I, I totally agree. He's not worth $84 million. And, um, and what the even better part is that they had to the, rely on the Washington Redskins to try to get them into the playoffs. <laughs> I hope you understand this stat here, folks. Money, guess what? Tom Brady could possibly win his sixth Super Bowl this year. You know how much money he makes? I don't know how much money he makes, but I can tell you this much. He makes less than Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, and Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy Garoppolo was his backup. He makes all of the he makes less than all those quarterbacks. Those are the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL at this moment. All of them are not in the playoffs. All of them are not in the playoffs. But Tom Brady could possibly win his sixth Super Bowl this year. Just remember that here, folks. Money, do you want a player who is willing to do whatever it takes to win, like a Trace McSorley or a Tom Brady or a person who – I'm not comparing those two whatsoever. I'm saying a person that will do whatever it takes to win on the field or will you take a guy who wants his money who has only been in the league for four years – 
four years, and three of them were as a backup. And I'm talking about Garoppolo here, people. Josh, I'm kind of a little confused here about the Bears, though, man. But I also understand, why'd they start their starters in this game? I know my brother was scared because at halftime, we thought the Bears would pull their starters. You want to save the quarterback, you want to save all your good players because the Bears, Eddie Jackson is hurt, and Anthony Miller, who is one of their top wide receivers. Do you think it was good for the Bears to play these starters in this game? Because I think it was to get these guys ready for the playoffs because they could potentially have to play the Vikings next week. They're not going to, but if they played them that game, they would have had to play them the next week. Well, you know, I mean, it, there was, there's a good point here. Like you could have let your starters go like after halftime, let the Vikings beat you and play them again next week. But you know, that's playoffs, but that I just think they needed to just keep their foot on the gas pedal. But the thing I didn't like about it, what if somebody get, got injured? Because you never know in the league. Your two best running backs could have gotten injured. Heck, Mitch Trubisky could have gotten hurt. But, you know, Matt Nagy, he's a really good coach, and I think he knows what he's doing and why he decided to keep those starters in there. I feel like that the Bears had had to have – a little bit of sense that the 49ers were not going to beat LA in LA. That just wasn't going to happen in my opinion. So um, now you can hope, and that's probably why they did play their starters. But for me, if you're realistic, one, I got to put my odds on LA. So I'm, I'm thinking that the best I can do is three. And then if it's something weird goes happen, at least we're, yeah, but if something bad goes wrong and we and we win then then we can take the number two seed and get a week off but what I feel is the real reason is that uh they don't want to play Minnesota for a third time that's your division team you you see them twice a year you that was the second time you already played them are you telling me that you want to play that same team that you've already played twice the next week a division team really you want to do that no you want to go play a banged up Philly team that, that you play once every couple of years. I would rather do that other than playing a team that, that you see twice every year. Why would you do that? That yeah. doesn't make any sense because they know your insides and outs. Yeah, they screwed up this game, but what if they don't next time? I would take my chances in Philly. They're hurt. They're on the road. You, you see them once every great while. I would take my chances on Philly. Screw the number two seed. Okay. Just beat Minnesota, get them out of the way, and move on to the next game. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, j- just one second. Sorry to interrupt. but um, No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, he has another good point. It's a division game. You never know what's going to happen in the division. You know, the Giants are 4-10. and 10. They're about to beat the Dallas Cowboys. They rested Ezekiel Elliott, but Dak Prescott's in. Dallas comes back to beat them. But, you know, division games. You know, they you never know what's going to happen in a division game because you play harder, smarter, and tougher in a division game. And the, he, he had a good point that I didn't think of first. And j- just get that game out of the way. Keep your starters in. Keep on the gas pedal. And then go to Philly because they're not a division rival. 
Well, I'm going to add to what Patrick said to the folks out there. Another thing that I think they have to understand is that this is a Bears team that in the past two seasons before this year had won eight games total. You're on the verge of going to the playoffs right now, and if you want your starters to take a week off before they have never played in a playoff game, oh, man, I'm glad Matt Nagy played these guys because you're going to go into the playoffs. Just win or go home. You have one chance, and you have one chance only. And if you do not start Mitch Trubisky in this game against the Vikings, oh, a guy who's never played in a playoff game goes number two overall in the draft, and you're going to sit him before he has a chance to play in the playoffs? Because guess what? The Eagles, they've been in the playoffs. They know how to play playoff football. The Bears, they, yeah, he's showing his ring. The Bears, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2010. It's been eight years now, people. Excuse me, nine years now. It's 2019. (laughs) So the Bears haven't been to the playoffs in nine years. None of these guys who are on the Bears, except for probably Kyle Long, no, excuse me, not him, have not played in the playoffs. And so I like the call by the Bears to start their starters. And also, it ends the season of the Vikings. They prove themselves as the dominant team in the a- in the NFC North. So the Bears, I like the aggressive call because Matt Nagy, I think he's the coach of the year. I believe he's the coach of the year. To turn around a team that has won eight games in two seasons total, I absolutely think he's the coach of the year coming up. Let's move on, though. Yeah. Now, well, one more point to add to that. Um, yes, I do agree. Matt Nagy should be the coach of the year, and now you, you not hit- Jay Gruden. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I was like. I was about to. He was going to give me a compliment and everything here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, you hit the nail on the head right there. I. I totally agree with that, and you know. Well, we they they gotta take their chances in Philly. No more division games. I want to yeah. see what else you can say. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> My Steelers, folks, they're done. Their season is done, and they watched it on the big screen. Watched it on the big screen. It's all over social media, all over whatever. It's all over the internet right now, and it's disappointing. It's not upsetting. It's just disappointing that this Steelers team. It had probably the most talented team in probably, I want to say, six years, seven years that we've had this talented of a team. Number four in scoring offense, number six in total defense, and we don't make the playoffs. That is a very, very, very bad stat to have here, folks. You're top ten in offense and defense, and you don't make the playoffs, and you only beat a Jeff Driscoll-led Bengals team 16 to 13. I think this shows what the Steelers, whatever the Antonio Brown bullcrap that's going around <laughs> right now, I don't want to talk. We'll talk about that on another show. Let's pick him but, up, Washington. But what I'm saying is, is that this whole season has been a disappointment since Jacksonville. It really has. Because since Jacksonville, when we won on the last play of the game, we lose three straight, come back, beat the Patriots go to New Orleans and lose to New Orleans to come back home and lose to the Cincinnati Bang I mean to beat the Cincinnati Bengals and finish 9-6 and 1 if any Steeler fans say that we should have been in the playoffs or you trust the Browns hey was I right though Josh to trust the Browns at least a little bit 
Yeah. Because they put up a fight here. They did. It was a hell of a game to watch. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the Browns. I want to get into uh, some stuff about the Browns. But my, my thing about the Steelers, there were a lot of opportunities missed. You know? Yeah. Like, like the three all. No, they weren't, Josh. They're a perfect team. They were awesome this year. No, I'm not delusional. No, but fire Mike Tomlin. No, I'm kidding. no, Sorry. no, no. Absolutely Sorry, I not. I sound like a generic Steeler fan at the no, moment. No, absolutely not. Mike Tomlin isn't the issue. People may think he is, but the Steelers in their organization have a great coach in Mike Tomlin. I hope he gets signed yeah. to an extension. <laughs> That's how much I love. He's never what, had a losing season as a head coach. Yes, never had a losing yes. season. Yes, and Mike Tomlin. What I, is the issue here, folks? fans i'm not saying there's an issue i'm just no i'm saying what is the issue with these people always blaming the coach it's like the coach supposed to take the blame not all the freaking time here people (laughs) not all the freaking time if you're seven two and one and if you lose three games in a row and then to the saints and then come back and have to basically win on luck how is that the coach's fault how is that the coach's fault when we knew that we were up against Denver? We were up 16 points to the Chargers. You were up on Oakland. Those are all losses right there. You were also up on the Saints, and Stephen Ridley fumbles the ball, and he was only in on two plays. How is this the coach's fault? I want to ask it. Well, you can answer that because you're a coach. You've been a coach for a long time. Um. I don't know. I, I kind of see it both ways. I could see coaching. I could see players. I could see it both. Um, coaches don't fumble the ball. Coaches yep. don't throw interceptions. Yep. Coaches don't miss field goals. Yep. Coaches don't false start. They don't do that. And the Steelers do all those things. And they'll jump off and that yeah, and that kills you. And and that's what happens. However, I will say that they. However, they do balls. make they make. They made fake punt calls. They call the offensive plays. They set up a game plan. So I could see it both ways. Uh, but Mike Tomlin it. is not the issue. I don't think Mike Tomlin's the issue now. No, I do not. Um, I feel like there was a lot of distractions this year. Yeah, I Le'Veon felt like Le'Veon Bell. Bell was just an unnecessary distraction. But he didn't show up. You move past it. Excuse me. That's what happens. Um, that's just part of the business. Um, but then you, you lose leads, you miss field goals, you underestimate teams, play you jump off sides three times, Yeah, you play down to your opponents, you turn the ball over when you shouldn't, you have penalties when you shouldn't, whether you agree with them or not, it, you know, it, it was just a big heaping mess in Pittsburgh. And now you have this Antonio Brown problem. I mean, good Lord, can can you guys stop crying for one freaking second? Play the like game you're, of Like you're football. a Skins fan. I'm an Eagles fan. This isn't anything new to us. Oh, no, you missed the playoffs. <laughs> oh, freaking no. The Eagles made it to the playoffs, what? At, before, 26, before 2017, we didn't make the playoffs and 2013. since 2013. Oh no! It's like oh, oh no, God we went. Did. I will say we went nine and seven. Ah, we were close, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get them next year. Ah, no problem. 
the Steelers go nine six and one, and it's like the end of the freaking world. Yes, one hundred percent. It's the end of the world. Just Fire stop. Just stop it. 13. You're fine. You have a lot of talent. People are upset because oh no, your season your season didn't go that way. Oh no, I know you're used to a standard. Believe me, I believe in standards. But standard is the but standard come on. People. Stop crying. Stop whining. Things are fine. Just move on. If you keep letting this monkey on your back keep dragging you down, then it will continue. If you choose to do something about it, you move on. You make adjustments. You sign who you need to sign to be successful. You draft who you need to be successful. And you move on. And you stop crying about it. You stop making excuses. Oh, the rest. No. No. Stop making excuses. Make the adjustments you need and shut up. Yeah. Just do it. Just do it. It's not, it's, it's not a hard concept. It's really not. It happens. It's okay. You have six reigns. Get over it. You'll be fine. I guarantee you, you have the talent to be fine. Yeah, but Antonio Brown. Stealing my rant over here, people. (laughs) Yeah, but. A- Antonio Brown really wants to get traded? I don't want to get, get into this here. I don't want to get into this. Do you think it's actually going to happen? No. Though? It's really? absolutely not. All right. No, no. It is He's absolutely upset. not. He's he is upset. upset. <laughs> He's a fuck. Yeah, they finally, did, they finally had a season where things didn't go their way and people are upset. He was that upset happens. last year. That happens. If he was not, upset last year when not, he didn't get the ball in some games. Yeah, like if you're not happy with the situation... Get out of it. If you want to be there and you want to be better, then stop complaining. Just stop it. Voice your opinion when need be. Be a professional. Show up to work and get it done. Stop saying, oh, I want traded. I want traded. Stop that. Just stop it. If you're really that upset, then just do what Le'Veon Bell does and see what the hell happens. Just do it. Because guess what? He's still not signed. And no one will probably sign him except a little dopey team. And he'll freaking fail because nobody's going to block for him. Well, guess what? If you're so upset with a Hall of Famer throwing you the ball, go to Arizona and see how you like it. (laughs) But he should have gone number one overall, people. No. Okay. We're going to move on to a little more happy topic. The wild card weekend is set now, people. Who you got? Colts versus the Texans here, Josh. Ooh. Two very high-powered. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear who you got. <laughs> no explanation, just who I got. No, I'm kidding. Just just give me why. Two very high-powered offenses. Jeez. Deshaun Watson deserves this. I really think he does, but I think the Colts upset the Texans. I called it, too. I said Andrew Luck. My God. They're on a roll. He's They're on a roll. He's the comeback player of the year. Andrew Luck is the comeback player of the year. I said Deshaun Watson was it at the beginning of the year. It's not it's not so now, people. It's Andrew Luck. And they're gonna light up the Texans this week. I really do think so. Let's hear your thoughts, Patrick. I got the Colts too. I like him. I know Frank Reich. He's experienced player and coach. He knows what he's doing. You got Andrew Luck who Let's not forget, he's been to the playoffs 
many a time. He's been to the AFC Championship. He's been in this situation before. However, they are very they are very young. The Texans are too. So I gotta go with the hot team right now. The Texans had a bit of a sloppy end, sorta. But the Colts are firing on all cylinders right now. I just don't feel like someone's that a team that's in the middle right now can stop that that train because it's coming. It's coming to Houston. It's just going to keep on going. Another stat to throw out also, people, the Colts have the number one scoring defense actually right now. Let's also not forget that for all you people out there who did not know that. Let's move on to the next one, the Bears versus Eagles. I'm pretty sure we're set on who we want, and my brother is set on who he wants to win. But who you got, Josh? Um. Well, despite – what I said that the Eagles could make a run I in Soldier Field, it's going to be tough, and I'm picking the Bears, a close game over the Eagles. I'm going to say it because, yeah, I'm picking the Bears because it's going to be a cold day at Soldier Field. Just like when the Rams came to Just town. Just like when the Rams came to town. And the defense feeds off of the crowd in that environment. I trust Nick Foles. I do. I really do. He's a good quarterback. He's done it in multiple occasions. But I'm telling you, this Bears defense is something special. They really are something special. And now that they get their chance at the playoffs for everybody in the country to see now, now that their team isn't playing on Sunday, the Bears, I do think, will win this game. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Eagles are going to win. No. No. No, the Bears are probably going to win. It'll be close. I just feel like we match up well. Sure. Um, but I think you guys are both right. It's going to be – it'll be dark by the time the game starts or close to it. It's going to be cold. You're in bear country. Chicago loves its bears. And the Eagles travel well, but Chicago is a different animal. Chicago is in the playoffs. It's going to be loud. It's going to be – intense so I feel like we'll keep it close but I don't feel like we can hang four quarters getting battered around like that I just don't so I feel close game I'm, I'm saying I don't know 28 21 28 17 something like that yes. something, something close yeah close but, score. but enough to where the Bears can make a statement before they go out to uh shoot who's the number two before they go out to LA so um yeah, I feel like this is the end of the road for us. Now, we made a good run, but Chicago's just a different animal right now. But if the Eagles manage to pull this off, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Eagles might have something special. Look, it it doesn't matter how special we are, because um, even if we did win the last five out of six, we're still banged up. We have to win every game on the road. Chicago, we would have to win in the Superdome, too. Nobody's gotten out of the Superdome with a W other than the Buccaneers in week one. The Panthers. Week one. The pa- that doesn't yeah, count. Just, don't don't, give, saying, me, don't give me that. No. Yeah, they said Drew Brees. You don't go into New Orleans primetime and beat New Orleans. Not this team. Yeah, the okay. Redskins Not learned that the hard no. way. Okay. So, the third game on the agenda, the Ravens versus the Chargers. I'm picking the Ravens. 
because the Chargers have to go to Baltimore this time. And this is – I hope the Chargers win. I really do. I want them to beat the Ravens. But the Ravens, I'm picking them to win because of their defense and their run game. And to win in December and to win into January, to win into the playoffs, run the football and play defense. And that's what the Ravens have been able to do for the past five weeks now. We saw it against Cleveland. Cleveland's defense couldn't stop the run worth anything. I don't know. I I'm going. I like the Chargers. Um, very talented roster. Um, it's one thing when you beat a team once, but now you have to play them again. You know. Um, you you win a close game in L.A. Sure. Um, but the playoffs is a different animal. It really is. You got a young quarterback that is playing a team that is seeing him the second time. Did he ever play a team that saw him once before this year? I, I honestly don't know. I don't think he's played a division no. team. No. Nobody's played him twice. No. The Chargers get a shot to do that. And this is where running quarterbacks have their problems in the NFL when someone sees him again. Because you, you learn their tendencies. You learn what they do. You learn if, they're, if they get out of the pocket. Are they looking or are they running? If, if they move, um, do they move around in the pocket and actually go through progression? Or are they one and run? You know. And the Chargers have a chance to look at Lamar Jackson and stop him and actually come up with an idea to how to stop him. I feel like another, they're playing the Ravens twice. It's a different animal in the playoffs. The, the, the Chargers are more talented overall as a team. Regardless if they're in Baltimore or not, I still like the Chargers. Okay. I'll add one thing to that then. <laughs> to your point, could we potentially see Joe Flacco come in then if things get hasty? No. No? I don't see it happening. A veteran quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback if things get hasty. He's I, not I, don't, I don't see it happening. You got to know what's what got you there this year. Okay, that's all I wanted to know, to see what you have, because we know he's won playoff games before and Lamar you know, hasn't. You know, because then that's going to that's gonna start an entire new issue. And you do not need that. Because if you win, like say Lamar Jackson doesn't play all that well. Joe Flacco comes in. If Joe Flacco comes in because Lamar Jackson is not playing up to snub, and Joe wins you the game, well, now you get a quarterback controversy before you have to go play. Because you're the four seed, you got to go play in Kansas City. And you want a quarterback controversy now? No. You got to stick with what got you there. Lamar Jackson's played well enough to where he's earned the starting job for this year. You got to run with it. If you have a quarterback controversy now, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, I don't think they should put Flacco in at all. And this game, I'm picking the Chargers. The Chargers, the the Ravens beat them 22 to 10 last time. If the scoring's correct there, but the Chargers get back at them. I I got the Chargers. All right. And for the last wild card game, 
Oh, please be it so. Please be it so. The Seahawks versus the Cowboys. You already know who I'm picking here, people. Where's this game at? I'm picking 63 to nothing Seahawks over. No, I'm kidding. I'm picking the Seahawks to beat the Cowboys. Where, where's so. it being played at? It's going to be in Jerry's world. It's going to be in Jerry's world. That's going to be a lot tougher. If it was in Seattle, I would have I would have okay. said Seattle right off the bat. Here's, here's my counter-argument to you, is that this Dallas defense... Sure, it's what everyone talks about when it comes to Dallas. The Seahawks have the number one rushing offense in the NFL. They have been able to pound the rock on everybody. Carson, Wilson, these guys have been able to pound the rock on them. And also, Wilson, he is a veteran playoff quarterback that knows how to win playoff games. He absolutely does. And the Seahawks defense, they ain't half bad, man. They ain't half bad. Because this Dallas offense, I'm telling you, it's overrated, people. Dak Prescott has one playoff game under his belt, and it was a choked loss against the Green Bay Packers back in 2015. That's his only other playoff. That's his only other playoff game. I guarantee that that is in the back of his mind when he's going into this game. Can we choke another first-round loss as a Dallas Cowboys team? I think they can. Because this Seahawks team, they're the number five seed. They were in before last week, and they're riding high. It doesn't matter what has happened. I'm telling you, these guys are riding high. And just wait till Saturday night. Well, one thing. I Who are you picking? I'm about to flip this table if you pick <laughs> who I think you're going to say. One thing. I hope the holder for Dallas fumbles. <laughs> Fumbles the snap and does what Tony Romo did. That Romo's would be... going to be in the booth. I think they're going to be safe. <laughs> nah, but I'm picking the Seahawks. <sighs> no. <laughs> no. Don't do it. I'm literally, well, <laughs> both, both teams, I, they're twins. They run the ball and they play defense. Here's where I'm going to give the edge to the Seahawks. Their quarterback, pretty freaking good. Dallas's quarterback, inconsistent. Which which Dak are you going to get? Are you going to get the one that showed up in New York? Four touchdowns? Are you going to get that one? Or are you going to get the one that has one and struggles to throw the ball to anybody but Amari Cooper? Which one are you going to get? That It's great to put up big numbers. But a good football team is going to figure out that, well, if we take Amari Cooper out of the picture, well, we're going to force him to do something else. However, Dallas's run game is as good as any run game in the league. Same thing with the Seahawks. Both defenses are very, very good, very, very talented. So I don't know whether to pick – because I'm an Eagles fan, and I've seen games – at, at Dallas, it's a different – I don't know what Jerry Jones does, but teams that go to Dallas just seem to have issues. So, I don't know whether to pick the home field advantage or the better quarterback. And in all fairness, I'm probably just – I'm, I'm going to pick the Seahawks. Screw it. I cannot root for Dallas. Um, I'm going to pick Russell Wilson. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And – He's been here 
many a time. He knows how to get it done. He's he's just a better leader when they're not running the ball. Because Dallas is going to shut down that run game because their defense is good enough. Seattle will have problems. Can you contain Russell Wilson, though? That's where I feel like Dallas is going to struggle, and that's where Seahawks are going to have that slight advantage over Dallas. I I have a feeling if Dallas manages to win with a blown officiating call, we will have one hot-headed CJ. We will have, <laughs> we will have one hot-headed CJ talking about the, <laughs> the officiating in that game. And I have one last Two, two more stats to throw out here. Russell Wilson, 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the year. That sucks. 35 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The man is a legend this year. Another, three. What's your point? another stat to throw out, though, and we will move on. The Seattle Seahawks, I'm sure people are wondering. It's like they lost – they got blown out last time they were in the playoffs by the Atlanta Falcons. I hope you understand here, people, the caliber of the offenses from Atlanta to Dallas is not even close here. And this is a completely different Seahawks defense than it was a couple years ago. They've rebuilt it, and now they're ready for their chance at the playoffs. I'm telling you, Seahawks, they win in... They have made a new team now on their defensive side of the ball. You interrupting me over there. (laughs) (laughs) Rebuilt. Sorry. My English is not very good. So, the Seahawks, I'm still picking them. But let's move on. I know you're happy about this topic because Marvin Lewis is gone. He's on the top of the list here, people. Eight head coaches were fired. This past Monday. His record, Marvin Lewis. One, if I'm correct, pull that up on your phone just to make sure. 121, 113, and 3 with an 0 in 7 playoff record. I don't care about his record. Extension. I care about his playoff record. That's 0 and 7. 0 and 7. That speaks that's for itself. That's unacceptable. But. I want to I throw this stat out here. I, not a stat. I just want to throw this out here, people. I made joke about, you know, Marvin Lewis being fired because I just don't like the Bengals. But these are jobs to these head coaches. They have made their lives. They have gone through their lives to get to this point to be a head coach of an organization. And they've gotten there. And now, in the blink of an eye, it's gone. You never know in the NFL when your next day of a head coach is going to be. You just never know. And I may joke about it. I may joke about Marvin Lewis, but the guy has been a head coach for 16 years. On the same team. He's going to be set up for the rest of his life. These are jobs to these people. And I don't understand how these people can just say, fire Mike Tomlin. He deserves to be fired. How could you say that? Who, who in the hell says that to a person? You deserve to be fired for being a winning coach and actually succeeding at your job and chasing your dreams. These are jobs to these people. They have families, they have lives, and this is a job to them. This isn't just something that they wake up on Sunday morning and say, let's go win us a damn Super Bowl. They don't just say that. They don't just say that. This is a job. And for Marvin Lewis, Adam Gase, Vance Joseph... Whoever the next Browns head coach is, Mike McCarthy, 
Todd Bowles, Steve Wilkes, and Dirk Cotter, you guys will always have careers in the NFL. Some team is going to want you on their team because you have shown success to win games at the NFL level, whether it's an offensive position or coordinator spot. You're going to be a coach. You just are. In some way, shape, or form, way, because form. because they've they've been a head coach in the league, and in some like Hugh Jackson, he he got booted out of Cleveland. Cincinnati Bengals used him for something, you know. Exactly. Because because there there are a lot of positions, not just the head coaching position, that you can get into. You know, like some offensive coordinators can go, become head coaches and vice versa. Depends on what style of play calling you like, you know? You, you never know. Um, so this is just a question for, for everybody here. Out of, out of all teams that need a head coach at this moment, um, what three jobs are the most desirable? Number one is the Browns. 100% is the Browns. I th- I, out to- of those eight teams, you cannot tell me that the Browns have the most – Exciting team coming up this next year. To be honest, I think they found their head coach in Greg Williams. Oh, I hope he. I hope he's their head coach. I really do. Unfor- I am a Redskins fan. He was a former Redskins coach. Do you have to bring that up every single show? <laughs> every single show. How would he do in Washington? That's right. So he did all right. Okay. Well, okay. So that's number one, two, and three. Next would have to be the Broncos. I absolutely believe it should be the Broncos. And then third should be the Dolphins. Because the Dolphins have to just get some defensive players, in my mind. And they will be set. In my mind, they have the talent on offense to take it to the next level. They do. They just need to stop being mediocre in these 8-8 eight and eight seasons, 7-9, and 9-7. Nine, nine and seven. They made it to the playoffs back in 2016, people. Adam Gase was their head coach. So they have the talent. They need to get a better defense, though. I know one defensive player on their team, and it's Minka Fitzpatrick, who was their draft pick this past season. That's all I know who's on their defense at the moment. So those are my three picks. And for the Broncos, they are a team this year that – this is their first back-to-back losing seasons in I don't know how long. They have the talent. They absolutely they have a good defense. They have players on their defense that are capable. You got Vaughn Miller, for God's sakes. You have one of the best defensive players, a Super Bowl MVP, defensive player of the year. You have great players. Case Keenum, I just don't think he's your answer. Philip Lindsley. Lindsay was one of the best players to watch this year. You have talent on your team. As far as it goes for the Packers, who's on your defense? Sure, you got a $120 million quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Well, who else are you going to pay for? Who else are you going to pay for now? Who else are you going to pay for? Nobody, because you spent it all on the quarterback, and your head coach has gone to Mike McCarthy. And ha-ha Clinton Dix to Washington. Again, with the Washington <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And then, and then the Cardinals. I I'm moving su- on to the next one. I'm no. <laughs> sort of surprised that they got rid of Steve Wilkes in his first year. Like it's happened before. Not, it has no, happened. I know that, but still, like 
it's he it's got for, no chance to rebuild. No, no chance to yeah. rebuild. You his team you had all. um who you have? Uh, Sam Bradford played week one against Washington. That was terrible. So they decide to put in Josh Rosen and. After I think it was three or four weeks, they decided yeah. to put in Josh. Rosen. Yeah, and like there was no time to rebuild there. Like, I mean, yeah, you had a losing record, but at least give him one more season to try to work things out. One or two more seasons, because I mean, I mean, from what we see from the outside is probably different from what we see in the inside. Maybe th- that is true. Maybe the team just kind of felt like maybe this isn't the direction where we want to go. I mean, it happens, but I can understand what your guys are saying with, well, he didn't have a chance to rebuild. He didn't have a chance to build what he wants, what his vision was. And who knows? It could have been a jumbled mess. I mean, I have no yeah. way of knowing. Um, but to me, Rosen, Rosen didn't show a whole lot of promise, and you're getting a little older. He only has Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> and he's – he. who knows if he'll even be he's back. And well, who even knows if he'll be back next year? Who else do you have on the offensive side of the ball? David Johnson? You don't have anybody to block for him. What about in the passing game? If Larry Legend's yes. gone, gone. Oh, Patrick Peterson staying? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's in. He's gonna go into his eighth season. I mean, he's getting up there. Um, I mean, you're not getting any younger. Sure, you drafted a decent quarterback. I'm not a big fan of him, but. I mean, what are you going to do? So, for me, I looked at longevity if you're a head coach because then you can build what you can build your own and at least have a decent foundation because they don't know any different because they're young. So, I'll, I'll agree with all you guys. Browns is obviously the most yeah, desirable location. I agree. You're talented across the board. Um, do I think Greg Williams gets the job? I don't see why not because you actually finally have discipline. In, in Cleveland, which is what they've been missing for so damn long. Um, you got your quarterback, who's a stud. You got receivers for him to throw to. You found your running back. You found your stallion. Now can you just build around the talent and plug in the little holes, which hurts you, but, you know, the it's you guys went seven, eight, and one. That's really good in Cleveland. That's a stepping stone. Um, number two, I got to say the Jets. They're young. They got you got a quarterback who, in my opinion, didn't get coached up very well. Um, didn't have anybody for him to really throw the ball to. On the defensive side of the ball, they're not terrible. You got a great safety in Adams. He's a hard hitter. He's hard nosed. He's down. He's like a he's like an Earl Thomas or or uh, or Malcolm Jenkins. You know, you can screw him down in the box and use him that way. Uh, I mean, you got weapons. You just you, they understand that they're in the middle of a rebuild, and they should have won more games this year, honestly. Um, and then number three, I don't. I was kind of split between the Bucks, but they're getting, they're kind of getting in the middle of their run. Um, Why are the Bucks keeping Jameis Winston? Because I don't like because you already move. have because you're gonna have a new head coach. Um, I feel like this is Jameis's last chance. If they bring in a head coach to help him out and stop turning over the ball and making bad decisions, and he's still not good, he still turns over the ball, then it's him. It's his issue. And then they'll dump him. 
and I feel like that that's what's gonna happen. I don't. I feel like he's too far along in his career for he'll for him to make serious changes. I don't feel like he's mature enough to do that. So I I find the Bucks have a lot of talent, but for how much longer? Um, Deshaun Jackson already wants out, so they're in the middle of, of their course. they're in the middle of their prime. So if you're looking for longevity in a head coaching job, that that yeah, I'm not too good on that. The Packers know Rodgers took all your cap space, so that that's a bummer. Uh, the Broncos, younger defense is getting up there, sort of. They're towards the top of their prime. Uh, offensively, though, if you have a decent quarterback, I mean, you guys are in great shape. They're in great shape if you have a decent quarterback. So I I, I look for them to go to the draft this year. If not, hold on till next year just because how young you guys are on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so that's a desirable location. The Dolphins, I don't know. They're in a total rebuild because their offense is dreadful. Their defense isn't half bad, but their offense is just horrible. Frank Gore's getting up there. He's He's got one more year in him. Tannehill's week to week because he's always getting hurt. And then the Bengals. They need a complete overhaul of that entire organization. So, the third I would have to do with the Broncos just because you have probably more freedom, especially with who you have at quarterback. So, two are very desirable. One is kind of 50-50, I guess. Man. Um, so, that's the head coaching firings. Um, happens every year. Uh, there's a lot of good ones out there. Mike McCarthy's still out there. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah, Adam Gase is not bad. Bruce Arians wants to get himself in the mix. So, But now, now that we talked about the NFL and talked that ear wait, off. Wait, um, but before, let, let me just ask you one thing. How do you like Mike Mayock, the new Raiders GM? What do you think about that? I don't really have an opinion on it. I, I mean, we'll have to see. It. I feel like Jake. I feel like John Gruden has just as much power as he does. So we'll have to see if they can work well. If they can't, then they'll struggle even more. And I don't feel like you can get more worse than you have been. So, and if they screw this up, they're in for a world. They're in another decade of hurt if they screw this draft up because they have so many first rounders. Yeah, because Mike Mayock, he's. Worked with NFL Network for who knows how many years. Yeah, he's a draft analyst, though. Yeah. yeah. That's what he is good at. Understanding players coming into the draft. No, no. Understanding players that are in the NFL. No, I understand that. That, That's a good reason why to pick him for a GM, but Mm -hmm. there's more responsibility that he may have to learn. more personal role. And also... You can look at stat lines. You can look at film. But he's... He's a former player. He's not, yeah. but he's not in the meeting rooms. He's not drawing things up and understanding. This Neither is, is John, John Elway. But, but he has first experience with that. Again, so is he on the is he on the drawing board? Can you get to know somebody more? You know, being a draft analyst is great. How can you really tell if you're good or bad at it, or really, or whatever? It, that, <laughs> that, that, that always bothers. That's why I don't like because Mel Kiper. That's why, why I don't listen to him. She was like. How do you how do you know? Yeah, how do you know how who you know a team's what, gonna how do you pick? Know what that person is Tom when it's freaking outside. Brady <laughs> exhibit A. Well, that's an extreme exhibit. Okay. Antonio freaking Brown. 
I get it. But how many of those players are like that? You name two. How many are in the NFL? Two. Okay. <laughs> those two. <laughs> no. so, but my thing is, is like, a, a big part of coaching and a big part of making a decision okay, another on one. the draft board is do they fit well in your scheme? Do, do they fit your personality? Because like this dude can have all the talent in the world. He can do everything that you ask him to do. But is he going to show up and get the same effort when it's 100 degrees outside and his day isn't going great and maybe he missed a few reps because he dropped the ball or he missed the throw or missed the block? Are you going to be like Tom Brady and say, I'm pissed off, I want to do better? Or are you just going to be a whiny little kid? Which one are you going to be? Okay. And I feel like draft analysts just – they don't see that. They don't see those kids in that situation. They see them on film and on game day, and that's great. But how are they in the locker room, in the film room, on the practice field? That's when it really matters. And Mike Mayock is going to actually get a chance to do that. So I guess we'll have to see because he's got one chance. Because if he screws this up, the Raiders are in trouble for a decade. Okay. All right. Stealing my rant again. I like it. <laughs> well, moving right along here, we had an interesting, exciting week in college football. It was not interesting. Yes, it was. How? The Texas Longhorn went after the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> Did you see that? No. Oh. He ran out of the Long- We're joking, Josh. <laughs> We're joking with you. <laughs> We watch everything. Tell, tell me you didn't think that video was hilarious. Okay, it oh, was... The bull going... Okay, it was kind of funny. <laughs> he said, oh, you want some pictures? I'm in for this. And he came out of the freaking bull. That's the Georgia Bulldog. Well, that's just a dog with a Georgia Bulldog shirt on. That's a dog. Like, that's an animal. This is like, a real dog, cow. Like, that's a, <laughs> a real long horn. Like, that thing is... That thing's a mutant compared to, to the dog. That thing's scared crap. <laughs> they were trying to get him out of the way. It's like, you going to pull me? No. Get out of here. <laughs> but the college football national championship is set. You had it perfect, CJ. Clemson, Alabama. Let's just hope no. for an upset. No. <laughs> Who's going to beat those guys? No. Experience, talent, hard-nosed. Fundamental, great coaching. Who's going to beat that? Outscoring your opponents. What? (laughs) That always works, though. That always works! Oklahoma's offense is better than Alabama. Yeah, outscoring opponents, though. Okay, go ahead. No, no. no. Yeah, I I completely agree. We're going to start off with the... With the more boring game, though, I should say, with Clemson and Notre Dame. You mean the freaking just rape of another team? Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that if we're going to use those types of terms. 30-3 to over Notre Dame. Trevor Lawrence is going to play as a true freshman in a national championship game against the Titans. That story broke. That story broke right there. Against. And I told you at the beginning of the year, Trevor Lawrence is a stud. He's better than Kelly Bryant. He's, he's sunshine from Remember the Titans. He's, he's that good. I said that. He looks like he Hunter. He played it down. <laughs> okay. He's a stud. You were right. But what I'm yes, saying here is that stud. that's all to learn from that game. That's all I got to say. Clemson, Notre Dame, 
Notre Dame, you, did, you you had one job, and that was to keep up with Clemson. The only way that you were going to be able to win this game is if your offense can produce. And what happened? You didn't. And you scored three points. Now, let's move on to the more exciting game and the game that makes me happy because you finally got your comeuppets. Oklahoma will just outscore them, right? Well, you were down 28 to nothing at one point and there was a point in time where I was looking at the TV and I was like what'd you freaking expect this is not a big 12 no defense type of conference this is the SEC and this is a team this is a team called Alabama that has played consistently for the past 10 years for the past 10 years for the national championship which I hate. Ten years. The last time that Oklahoma was in the national championship was 2008, the year before the dynasty that is Alabama took over, starting with Mark Ingram. What did you expect here? All this talk about, oh, Kyler Murray did all he could. He did all he could. He's the whole reason that they were down in the first place. Some Heisman quarterback, I'm telling you, this game, after that Heisman Trophy was won by Kyler Murray, Alabama's defense looked at that looked at that trophy acceptance ceremony and said, "All right, game on. You're known as the best college football player in the country. We'll show you. We only have one of the best defenses and we'll show you on the field." And guess what happened? You got down 28 to nothing and Kyler Murray didn't score any points. How is that not Kyler Murray's fault? How is that the team's fault except for Kyler Murray? How? As a quarterback, please explain to me how that is not Kyler Murray's fault, though, to fall into a 28 to nothing hole. Because apparently it's everybody's fault but Kyler Murray. I mean, if you don't score any points, it's not all the blame on one player, but you're what makes it go. You're the Heisman winner. Well, you're the biggest reason why you're even there in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't look so much at Kyler Murray, honestly. I kind of felt I didn't think it'd be close anyway, no. just because like, that That's well, I I agree with you. Just because, even though I'm an offensive guy, I like scoring a lot of points. But at the same time, you gotta stop somebody. I mean, good <laughs> lord, you got you can't. I mean, like you put 34 on Bama. Nobody does that. And you lose. You put 34 on Bama and lose. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, God. I don't know. I, I've ha- I've coached with a kid that was that was very talented, and he puts up a lot of points. And I've had games where he's when he was a sophomore, he threw five touchdowns, and we lost. So, scoring a bunch of points is great, and sure, it looks great on the stat sheet, and sure, it can get you Heismans, but Kyler Murray isn't going with a ring on his finger. The, the, the best football team will win. Oklahoma's offense isn't going to beat Alabama because Alabama's going to play offense and defense. They just will. They're going to play offense and defense for four quarters. 
and they're pretty doggone good at it. Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. so it that don't you mm-hmm. both Mr. games. Both games are not surprising. I thought Notre Dame could have put up a little bit more of a fight, but but at the same time, if you're not in a conference and you don't play consistent caliber teams, then you don't have a standard for for how talented these national contending teams are. You just don't. Oh, what? You beat Michigan. Michigan sucks when it comes <laughs> to the postseason. They suck. And their head coach is probably going to leave. They suck in big games. They just do. They're worse than you. So, they're worse than freaking Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. I was like, me, I'm like, when do I play in the big games? Well, so, who do you got? Clemson or Bama? Bama. Uh, Well, let, let me say this. Nick Saban, he is very disciplined. He doesn't put up with any crap. Because in the interview, he said, oh, yeah, we had um, three penalties. We got to fix that. Three penalties? That's not bad. But that's the standard that you hold as a team. Yeah. That's what I like about Nick Saban. He's pretty good. Well, he's always looking to be better. And Mm -hmm. some – and. You can be like a Mike Tomlin. Like, Using ah, a we're notepad. not going to worry about right. We're not going to worry about until the end of the game. Well, Nick Saban's like, we got to fix this now. Yeah. Like right now. Otherwise, a team like Clemson, who has beaten you before and knows how to beat you, will. Yeah. So he has a notepad writing down the penalties. And I mean, my gut wants to say Clemson. <laughs> well, my gut wants to say Clemson just because I like Clemson, but I like Bama too. But in all fairness, Bama's. More experience, just at the quarterback position. I like Bama, but I'll be rooting for Clemson. But I think Bama's just too good. I'm honestly. I'm with Patrick because, but a true freshman on this stage, how is he going to handle the he's pressure? He's a stud. He's he's a state champion. He's a different breed. He's got a great arm. He's got a great head on top of his shoulders. He's got a He's just one of those guys that has it, and you could see it from a mile away. Two of the same thing. Tua has that it factor. And people were like, oh, well, towards the end of the year, when he was playing hurt, that's what kind of happens. Like, he, he's trying to play on an injury because he doesn't want to let his team down. They're both good. Look, look how well Tagovailoa played when he got time to rest. When he got time to heal, he shredded Oklahoma. Now, On the first play of the game was a 50-yard completion. But the first Clemson will play defense. Yes. Bama, Absolutely. too, will play defense. So it'll be a low-scoring affair just like it was in 2017. It'll be the same deal. It's going to be who can make the fewest mistakes, who's not going to turn over the ball. Can Clemson make to. a game-winning touchdown? That'd be amazing. I'm I have Bama, but I'm rooting for Clemson. Okay. My my last point here is that I I said it all year though with Oklahoma. The past two seasons, they have had a Heisman winning quarterback at Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley. There's all this praise about how good of a head coach he is and how he's able to turn these guys into an offensive genius. How he's able to turn Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray 
into Heisman Trophy candidates. Woohoo! Lincoln Riley is the best coach. No, he's not. Because in the past two seasons, they have lost in the first round of the college football playoff in dogfights. Because what have I said? Defense wins championships, people. Stops. Turnovers. Defense wins championships every single time. What happened against Georgia last year? You said it. Baker Mayfield did all he could. But what happened? Georgia Your came defense up. can't stop anybody. Same thing with this year. You got Kyler Murray, the most exciting player in college football. You lose in a dogfight because why? Your defense can't stop anybody. Some head coach you are, for the past two seasons, you haven't done anything to your defense. You've upgraded your offense, clearly. You obviously have because you're still competing at a Heisman candidate trophy level for your offense. But your defense was 108th in the country this year. 108th, you're triple digits. How are you a great coach if one side of the ball literally has been the reason that you guys have not made it to the national championship? How does that make you a good coach when you keep focusing? You have to hold a team to 28, and that's not that great. Like, come on. 28 points? Because, like, Kyler Murray's going to put up 35. You t- you're telling me that you can't hold a team to four, t- four touchdowns. You can't do that. That's pathetic. That is absolutely pathetic. But even then, as a defensive coordinator, how do you guys – how do you tell your defense, you just got to hold them to four scores? That's all you got to do. If we only let up 28 points, ah, we'll win the game. How is that How is that exciting as a defensive player? Like, yeah, coach, I want to go out there. I want to play for you. I really want to do it. No. Oklahoma, you need to fix your defense. And maybe you might have a chance at the national championship. But you know why Alabama is there every year? Sound on offense. Sound on defense. Sound on special teams. Sound, fundamental, disciplined football team all on all fields. For the past 10 years, that is why they compete for the national championship. That's all I got for you, Josh. All right. Before we wrap this up, some other scores. Texas over Georgia, as we said earlier. Once again, we're back. And Urban Meyer finishes his career on top, beating Washington 28-23. Kentucky over Penn State 27-24. The, are there any Penn State comments we want to do? or It's going to be sad to see McSorley go. Yeah. It really is. In, uh, I don't really know much about Trace. I know he's a hometown guy from Parkview, if I'm correct. No, it's no, Briar Woods. No, Briar Woods, yes. I got the two confused, but is he NFL caliber? Absolutely. I think so. He's, he's a winner. That's all he cares about is he wants to win. He doesn't care about what his stats are. He doesn't care about how he looks on the field. He doesn't care what he has to do. All he wants to do is win. And what has he done since he was in middle school? Win. He won three state championships, went to a Rose Bowl, went to a Citrus Bowl, went to a Fiesta Bowl, won the Big Ten championship game. Dude's a winner. Dude's a winner. Mm-hmm. Beat Ohio State, the number two ranked team in the country at the time. Dude's a winner. It doesn't matter. To, like, like you said, he's not a stats guy. Like he, now, don't get me wrong. A lot of Penn State receivers were dropping the ball. 
but and you're down three scores, what happened? And I don't. Trace McSwords playing on possibly a broken foot. <laughs> Why'd you take it from me? No. It's... Played on a broken foot. That's a real stat, people. That is a real stat. Yeah. That's all we have for you, though, Josh. Other scores, Stanford over Pitt, 14-13. to 13. Another question for you, Pat. What? <laughs> you can't hear me. But for you, you, you didn't go to Sharan, though, but is George Aston going to get drafted? I hope he goes to Pittsburgh. I absolutely think he could. Because that, Pittsburgh is the type of team that runs a fullback formation. Uses a fullback a lot, actually. I absolutely do think he could get drafted because he's a, he's a fullback who is a very good fullback, might I add. Yep. And Virginia Tech's first losing season. But shout-out to Sharando graduate Dylan Rivers for making an interception. That was pretty good. Pat's over there fist-bumping. He's checked out early, but... You know, interesting bowl games, and we'll have more for you next week. Any last thoughts for the podcast? No, Josh, it was a good one. It was a long one. Hey, hey, it was a great one to start the new year. Yeah. Just saying that. So thank you once again to Rat 11 Chips for sponsoring this episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast and to Dave Johnson for our wonderful intro. And free forever by Jam Studio at premiumbeat.com. Make sure you find us on our social media pages YouTube at the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, Facebook at Kirby on Sports Podcast, Twitter at Kirby on Sports, our brand new Instagram page at the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. And make sure you email us at Kirby on Sports at gmail.com. Till next time, I'm Josh. That's CJ. We were live streaming this on YouTube too, so you can catch the behind the scenes action of what our podcast is really like. So until next time, we say so long and we will catch you on the next episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast.